Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of 5-Minute Major Radio. Matt, my broadcast partner in crime, we did it. We survived. Hockey is back, and we are alive. Man, I I couldn't believe my eyes, honestly. Uh, the first time in, I think, what, 140 days now that we've seen live actual hockey on our TVs. We're not watching replays of old games. Uh Replays of games that we don't want to see, uh, looking at you, NHL, for playing the Blackhawks-Flyers 2010 game for, like, 800 times these past four months. I don't want to see that. That was getting annoying. (laughs) I don't want to see that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's like the the wave of hockey is finally upon us, and it's just going to keep, the waves are just going to keep rolling in at this point, hopefully, Um, but, I mean... We had our first day of exhibition games yesterday. We had a full slate that's still going on now, and we have more games tomorrow. And then the uh, the big dance before the big dance, the Stanley Cup qualifiers begin on Saturday. And from then, it's just, I mean, it's day in and day out. It's hockey, hockey, hockey. And if, if you have two pairs of eyes and you want to watch hockey, we've got a lot for you. I don't even know if does that make sense, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of hockey to watch coming up. So that's what, that's all I'm going to say. If you are a hockey fan, you are getting your hockey fix and overload. I think everyone at this point is ecstatic. I know me personally yesterday, it's almost getting teary eyed watching. I'm like, I can't believe I'm watching the Philadelphia Flyers in this COVID-19 crazy year. I had goosebumps. I'm like, and I, I was texting you earlier um, yesterday, Matt, during the Flyers game, and they were losing. I was like, I'm criticizing this team like everything's normal, but it's yeah. not. And I was like, okay, yep. I need to sit back and I need to relax because it's the first exhibition game they haven't played in four, almost four or five months. Like, tone it down a little bit. Yeah, but it well, was just, uh, it was just so good to see it back on my television. And now I've had hockey on ever since noon today on my TV. So, yep. And, like, we'll definitely get into the Flyers-Penguins game, the games, the other games that happened yesterday, the games that are happening now and happened earlier today, the games that are happening tomorrow, the games that are happening Saturday, and so on and so forth. We'll get into every game we can because we've been deprived of our sport that we love so much for these past four months, uh, rightfully so with everything going on with the coronavirus, all the uh, so- social unrest, all that kind of stuff. But um, before that, I mean, I think we just have to, we have to give props to the NHL here, first of all for uh a handling this whole situation so well we saw all the way back to what um may even earlier that i mean gary bettman flat out said we plan on awarding the stanley cup this year no matter what and i mean from then on like that was the foundation of this whole return to play situation where um they did the smart thing for like getting the new cba done which included this return to play plan and all the stipulations and rules for all that uh, we talked on about that last time, so we don't have to go too much into that, obviously. Sorry, my getting a lot of text messages here. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, we're finally – and, I mean, everyone was kind of holding their breath with what was actually going to happen because we've seen with sports and everything in general coming back into the new normal that it might not always go the way it's planned, and – well, I mean, the the league that's been flying under the radar is the MLS, Major League Soccer. They've done they've done it right as well with having all the teams in a bubble. Um, they've had zero tests out of all the people within the bubble multiple times. 
they've been able to safely play games with teams, obviously, um, and then no no crowd. Uh, and they're in Florida too. Well, As and that the brings NBA. me to our other thing where we had I was waiting on bated breath to see if anything was going to change about the NHL the other day because we saw what happened with the Florida Marlins uh, as in the MLB where they had, I believe, nine players and staff He's test positive. Now. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's crazy because, like, as like playing with no fans is one thing, but I don't understand – I, I obviously each sport's different and we've seen again baseball has kind of been a dumpster fire about trying to get even a 60 game season in but to not have all these teams in a bubble I think is the wrong move I don't think that you can have all this travel and still like hope that things are going to be 100% a-okay and like obviously the I think the Marlins have our quote-unquote out of commission and quarantined until Saturday, which, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, it's like, it's almost like a domino effect at this point because we've seen how easily this, this disease or virus can spread. And I mean, you obviously don't like all these athletes are people first before they're athletes. So like, you don't mm-hmm. want to, and they have families like that they've left to come pursue their career and obviously get their career back on track. But it's just crazy. Like how, one not not really a wrong move, but one domino can obviously cause all the other ones to fall in a negative way. But from baseball back to hockey, again, we've seen the NHL has done all the right things so far, where they did the right right thing in waiting to determine the two hub cities in which all the teams will stay in. Um, we obviously know how the coronavirus is doing here in the states, which is also a dumpster fire. Um, so they're like, hey, let's take this thing to Toronto and Edmonton in Canada because Canada's done a, a better job than we have here, which Much I understand. Job. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, we know, again, old news at this point, but Toronto and Edmonton, both hub cities for uh, the Eastern Conference at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto and um, the Western Conference in Rogers Place in Edmonton. And we finally, again, this segues into our next thing. We finally got to see that come to fruition in the first puck drop of the summer of hockey. And what a way to kick things off with the Flyers and the Penguins. And albeit it was an exhibition game, but damn, we saw this thing actually happen. And it is happening now. And it is glorious. Oh, and it's anytime you can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, it feels good. I, I don't care if it's an exhibition game, a regular season game, or a playoff game. Yep. It feels good to beat those damn Yenzers. Yeah. And also the fact that even though it's just an exhibition game, the Flyers hold Sidney Crosby shotless. That's a damned impressive feat, even mm-hmm. amongst itself. Um, it was fantastic to watch, and it was a glorious, momentous occasion, and I can tell you one thing. One team looks a lot more ready to play than the other. Yeah. And the other team has to play for the to even get into the playoffs. Yep. So it's uh, we'll, well see how things proceed, but it was definitely the right result. And it was it was funny side. because I feel like fans on top of other teams as well were kind of using the Flyers and the Penguins as an example of like are these guys going to go like balls to the wall on each other? Or like, is it, I mean, that's pandemic or not. That's one of the more, that's one of the most tame 
outings I've seen between the Flyers and the Penguins. Like, we rarely yes. saw any type of extracurriculars after the whistle. Uh, like, I mean, obviously the delays for the TV broadcasts are trying to filter out all the, the trash talk, all the chirps, all that kind of stuff. Still bummed about that, but it is what it is. Um, but, I mean, as like as far as Flyers-Penguins goes, that's probably one of the most tame matchups we've seen between those teams. But, again, like we talked about earlier before we recorded, both these teams haven't played a game, haven't played anyone but themselves in over four months. Yeah. Each, like, every team in the league for these past couple weeks has been doing their training camps again. They've been scrimmaging each other. And, I mean, you can only go so you can only be so competitive against your own teammates because you don't want to hurt anyone, obviously. And then like, Mm -hmm. you're obviously trying to protect yourself, but there's a lot, there was a lot of questions that we got answered in that game yesterday based off of the fact where it was like, um, like how are goalies going to be, how are the, how's everyone going to be affected with no crowd? Um, again, they are, they are pumping in crowd noise and sound effects into the arena. Um, also doing the goal horns, um, cheer, think cheers and chants. Um, mm-hmm. It was a little weird, though, because it seemed to me that the crowd noise was very quiet for the Flyers-Penguins game yesterday, but the later games in the day seemed like it got a little louder, and it kind of felt, watching it on TV felt more normal. But, I yeah. mean, again, props again to the NHL, because the, the setups in these arenas are awesome. Like, you don't even really notice that there's no crowd there because a you're so excited that you're watching live hockey and b they have like good game presentation. Uh, you have your familiar voices and your announcers from NBC Sports. Uh, I watched the NBC Sports Philadelphia feed, so we had Jim Jackson, Keith Jones, and Taryn Hatcher back uh, doing play-by-play and color commentary. So like we're all as fans, whatever whatever fan, whatever team you're a fan of. You know the national voices and Doc Emmerich, Eddie Olchek, those guys. And then if you're local guys who are happening, like John Forsland, he's usually the play-by-play for the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, he's not anymore. Yeah, yeah but he's also a free agent now. But um, now he's calling like, games for NBC. Yeah. So like, but you're seeing, you're you're not seeing, you're hearing these familiar voices again that you're accustomed to hearing when you're watching hockey on TV. Um, and I mean, we went into this knowing that no one's going to be at the, no one's going to be at these games because it's the right thing to do. You don't want to bring more mm-hmm. people into this situation than you have to just to keep everyone safe. But I mean, it's been, it's just been like a props all around, I think from game presentation to, um, like you just, you're watching it on TV and things feel a bit normal again. And like we said again earlier, before we started recording, it's almost like, you come in from like work or like I was working out on my back porch earlier today, came inside and I'm like, shit, I can watch hockey after I take a shower. Like, cause there's game, there's games exactly. on like right now as we're recording this. And it's just like, it's almost surreal like that. Like this is actually happening. So like, it's, it's going to take, I feel like it's going to take a little bit more to process. Like this is actually real. I was pretty hype about yesterday though, because I forgot how, intense three-on-three overtime was because when the penguins had a three-on-one and i was like oh god and then (laughs) like the two from like hayes had the breakaway and then also tk's absolutely beautiful feed to law in for the game winner i mean that was the the best exhibition game you'll probably watch in forever maybe because obviously the circumstances again with it being a pandemic and they're playing nhl hockey like it just makes everything that much better Oh, it was fantastic. 
and just you know you, you hit a lot of buttons right on the nose there matt you know the nhl really has done an excellent job in doing this mm-hmm. and i feel like you know the definitely they might be the best pro league at doing things in a bubble you know we do have to give proper credit to the mls and yeah. the nba i was gonna say uh, the nba has done a good job too because you know the MLB is messing up big time. Um, and then who knows what the NFL is going to do, but it's probably going to be a dumpster fire too. Um, but it was nice knowing that even heading in the NHL announced yesterday um, that all teams, when they traveled to the hub, there was all negative tests for COVID. So every player, every staff member of every NHL team involved in these playoffs went to Toronto and Edmonton respectively, a hundred percent healthy in that regard which is fantastic. And hopefully they can keep up the bubbles and they can keep things restricted. And it sounds like the NHL is going to have so much stuff to do in the bubble that players shouldn't feel the need to venture out of it. Like some NBA players did. Um, so it's just overall, it's fantastic. It's a great feeling. Like you, know, you brought up, you know, you went in, came inside from your workout and said, Oh, I'm going to watch hockey now. Like during my lunch break today, what do you think I did during my work day? I sat on the couch and watched hockey while I ate my lunch. It was yeah. fantastic. And then I went back to work and just put the TV on mute and would pop my head over every couple of minutes just checking to see how the game was gone. Um, it's fantastic just to have this back because it's some sense of normalcy. And it's, I'm just, it's, I don't even know what to say at this point anymore because I feel like, Matt, you said everything <laughs> that needed to be say there. Sorry, yeah, I took uh, a lot of it from it's you. Just, <laughs> uh, it's just fantastic. And like, I, like what, what, what I said earlier, just a couple minutes ago, anytime you can beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, it's a fantastic feeling. Yeah. Um, and pretty much both teams put out pretty decent rosters. Um, I feel like the Penguins had everyone that you're used to seeing in a Penguins game, especially this year. Um, the Flyers did bench Robert Haig and Justin Braun. Mm-hmm. That's because they were giving Igor Zamula and Mark Friedman some ice time. Yeah. So, I mean, both teams were pretty much the product you're going to see there. Um but with that, man, I guess we can go into our thoughts for the game, obviously, since we kind of just naturally segued right into it. Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, if you were to sum up the game, it'd be fun in one word. But um, like you said, and like I think a lot of, I think almost every team has done this from what I've seen. But um, I guess we'll start off with obviously the goaltending because we obviously know Carter Hart and Brian Elliott are the goalies for the Flyers. They'll be the main two. Uh, they brought, who did they bring with them? The other two goalies they brought with them, I know, yeah. are Krill Ustamenko and Alex Lyon. Yeah, so um, not to knock those two guys, but hopefully we won't have to see them at all. Um, but yeah, like I mean, we saw like we saw good things from both goalies yesterday because they they didn't really they didn't exactly split time, but Hart played the first two periods. I think he made eleven of twelve saves. That would be um, correct. And then Elliot played the third. I don't know how many saves he made, but he made a, a handful of saves that counted late in the game, and obviously um, made a couple big saves in overtime too. So I mean, I I liked what I saw from the goalies. Yeah, Elliot stopped thirteen out of fourteen. Yeah. So you had both goalies put up. Elliot put up a nine twenty nine save percentage, and Hart put up a nine seventeen save percentage in their times respectively in net yesterday. And if you can keep that up, you're you're golden. Yeah. Um, they were much better than the Pittsburgh goalies, obviously. Matt Murray did not look good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tristan Jari kind of looked like Tristan Jari. You know, better than Matt Murray, um, but I don't think he's an elite-level goalie, even though he's an all-star. And that's my two yeah. cents there. Um, 
but you definitely, I, I will admit that even when Pittsburgh, after the Flyers came out, the Flyers came out the gun and were owning play immediately. Mm-hmm. And then when Pittsburgh scored first, I was like, man, like, is it is this going to be one of these games? Because we've seen this happen a bunch of times where the Flyers will come out and they'll own a team yeah. and they'll get scored first and zoop, there goes all the momentum they had built. Just yep. gone. And the Flyers were like, no, 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 not today. Even in an exhibition game, they knew they wanted to beat their cross-state rival. Um, so it was good to see that effort continue. And as the game went on, the intensity got more and more. We were like, all right, this feels like a normal game. And towards the end of it, I'm like, this pace feels like they're like playing in January right now. Um, I thought it was over on all the games, even watching games today. They've looked at an excellent pace, and the players are definitely ready to go. Um so it's good hockey all around. Yeah, and I mean, um, we didn't get to see much special teams yesterday, at least from the Flyers. But, well, I guess we did on the PK side. The Flyers were 3-for-3 three three on the PK, which was good. And they looked um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the power play was over one but they had some good chances, and they were moving the puck very well. So, I mean, they're – and, I mean, it, again, like, for, for not playing for four, four months and also an exhibition game, like – it's mainly like a war, obviously a tune-up, which is it, like it is for all these teams that are playing. But I mean, again, you saw like I all around. I liked what I saw yesterday from the Flyers, and uh, like you said, like the even though Pittsburgh scored that first goal, um, like you saw the there's really it wasn't the Flyers of old where we've seen the wind get taken out of their mm-hmm. sails and they completely fall flat on their face and then they play like dog crap for the next. 58 minutes of the game so like i mean it was it was it was fun to see it was fun to watch um but they're and again like even i like when pittsburgh scored i was just like ah like they'll probably they'll probably score like yeah and they did and then like they scored again and i'm like damn this might go to overtime it did which i was like you know what overtime free hockey after like why not? not like nothing why not else, might as well and then the flyers went in overtime not like not really like dramatic fashion because obviously it's an exhibition game, but I still jumped off my couch and cheered. So oh, I definitely, I definitely like, gave a, a hoot and a holler. When yeah, that happened. But I mean, um, with that being said, also I guess we can segue from the Flyers and talk about the. We can just briefly touch on the scores from yesterday. Well, the- I got some more thoughts about that game from yesterday. Uh, I have a couple of things to bring up. Eager Zamula. We're getting into a little bit of action. Unfortunately, NHL.com does not have his ice time, but they have everyone else's except for his, which is like, okay. Um, but when he was out there, he didn't look out of place. He looked pretty good. Um, and it's really cool that a, a top, I mean, arguably he's probably the Flyers' best prospect right now. Um, the fact that they invited him and he made the, those, this roster and came to Toronto with the team is a good sign. Like, ideally, do I think Zamula is going to see action in round ramen or playoffs, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was able to step in and you didn't notice anything bad was two thumbs up for me because that's what you want from a rookie defenseman. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to comment on too is Ghost yesterday. Oh, I looked, forgot. True. He ghost yesterday looked like the ghost of old. Now, I'm pretty sure we did mention on our last podcast but that he did have surgery again during the quarantine on his other knee. Yeah. Um, he just got another cleaning done. And all during the, the training camp that we had before going for the Flyers travel to Toronto for the hub for the playoffs, all the beat writers, 
AV and Flyers players were saying, we haven't seen Ghost look this good in years. Mm. And we finally saw it yesterday. I haven't seen Ghost skate like that in almost two years. Mm-hmm. That was the best I've seen out of him. And if you can get Shane Gossespierre back to being Shane Gossespierre, that is a whole other weapon that you have on this team. And it makes that power play, which already was doing pretty well this season, yeah. it adds another element to that. And now you add in ghosts with the likes of, you know, already the defensive core there. It makes some questions because what are you going to do? Because as much as Robert Haig has been getting criticized this year, he has been okay. He was the third pairing defenseman and him and Justin Braun have been a decent pairing together. So what do you do? It leads to another option. It makes a hard decision. And I mean, that's why it's kind of a good thing. The Flyers are in this round robin series because they've got four games to kind of figure their shit out. You know, they, you know, granted, you want to do well and you want to win and you want to move forward and get the highest seed possible that you can get. Mm. But you're not, it's not like, okay, if you lose all four, you're going home. Like, no, you just finished the four seed. Yeah. Um, so those, those are my, you know, couple thoughts there on the defense. Zamul looked good for a first time seeing him in like a pro atmosphere. Ghost was ghost of old. Um, on offense, I really, really, really liked the line of Hayes, Konechny, and Lawton. Mm-hmm. I thought that line was fantastic. Coach Coots, G, and Voracek looked amazing as always. You have mm-hmm. Dad Strength Coots now getting that goal for his new daughter, and Ella. Um, and Dad Drew and, and everything just, I mean, everything looked really well. Um, I didn't like what I saw out of Joel Farabee a lot. And he didn't get a whole lot of ice time. Yeah. Um, he only got eight minutes and 56 seconds. And that was the least of everyone in the forward gang. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really disheartening because I do think while the additions of Derek Grant and Nate Thompson have been really good to this team, and they are bona fide bomb six forwards who are good five on five and good on the penalty kill, is when Jolt Farabee's on his game, there's another element that he brings that Derek Grant and Nate Thompson don't have. Yeah. Um, so I'm really worried that Farabee might be on the outside looking in in the lineup right now. Granted, First exhibition game. He's it's his rookie year. Who he he come out he could come out Saturday against or Sunday against Boston and make make me look stupid right now. Um, but I did I did not like what I saw to Joel Faraby yesterday. But <laughs> I have confidence in the kid that he can rebound and be better because you know he's a rookie and this stuff happens. But yeah, hopefully fingers crossed. You know you know things get better. But that's really the only negative I have from the mm-hmm. game was just Faraby. Um, and it's not even mad. I'm just disappointed, but it's yeah. like, you know what? They haven't played in four months. So you know what? All right. You know, mm-hmm. and to be in his shoes, which, which, which we'd never be in, you know, it's, it's ridiculous and it's crazy, but I have full confidence that the kid is just going to be just fine. Well said, well said. Um, so I was thinking we'd get into scores from last night, but let's save that for later when we go around the league. Um, what do you think we get into a little Stanley Cup qualifier preview here for a little brief talk on each series that's going to come up? That sounds like a fantastic idea. And All I couldn't right. have said it any better myself. So, um, first up on, I believe we both have the same webpage up here. We have the number five Pittsburgh Penguins uh, versus the number 12 Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we were, I, I guess, unless you think it's necessary... 
I guess I'll preface everything with obviously each conference has the top four seeds. They really can't go anywhere besides one to four. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the qualifiers are a lot more worthy to pay attention to at this point. And then once we actually get the playoffs, we can go into the actual playoff series. Yes. So yes. for now, we'll just touch on the teams that have to play in the qualifying round in order to play for the Stanley Cup. So. Um, again, we'll start with the Pens versus the Canadians, uh, number five versus number 12. Um, Dave, your thoughts on who you got for this and how many games? To be honest, I've got the Montreal Canadiens have no chance being in, in this at all. Um, they shouldn't even be in the team in the playoffs. I mean, they looked awful last night putting against the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, but the the only way Montreal has a smidgen's chance of even winning a game or even winning the series in general, mm-hmm. Carey Price has to be the Carey Price of old. Yep. He cannot be the Carey Price of current. The, the, the Canadians, that's their one area of strength where if you ask me if you had to pick a goalie between either Matt Murray, Tristan Jari, or Carey Price, I'm picking Carey Price every time. The mm-hmm. rest of all Pittsburgh's forwards and Montreal's forwards, I'm picking Pittsburgh's forwards. Mm. Defense, I'm picking Pittsburgh's defense. Mm. I mean, Montreal, they've got one defenseman, Shea Weber. And Jeff Petrie is okay. <laughs> Other than that, you know, Montreal, they don't have a dog shit chance. Um, and and I wish Pittsburgh could get eliminated, but then, you know, they're going to be have a chance to get first overall. And, I don't want to see Alexis Lafreniere in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform after all these years of having to deal with Crosby and Malkin. Yeah. Um, but I do think Montreal wins one game. I think they make it close, but I'm saying Pittsburgh wins in four games. We should know, too, that these series are best of five series for the qualifiers. Matt, I don't know if you mentioned that. I did not uh, have to call. But I think I think Pittsburgh runs away with this. I think they easily win in four games. They could sweep. They could do it in three. Yeah. But I just I want to save a little silver hope that Montreal makes them sweat a little bit. But <laughs> it, I tell you what, if Carey Price looks like how we did last night against the Maple Leafs, Montreal's in trouble. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with a lot of that. I think again, like you said, uh, the the main X factor for Montreal is going to be if Carey Price is. Again, like the carry price of old that we've seen. Um, but I got to give everything else to Pittsburgh in that regard. I mean, Pittsburgh has also had their struggles with their defense and their goaltending this year. But, I mean, just offense alone, I think Pittsburgh has a lot more depth. Um, I mean, guys, obviously, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, uh, Hornquist. Uh, you got Latang on the back end still. They added so, Jason Zucker to that forward yeah, group, the deadline so, I mean, this year. I think the, the the odds are definitely stacked way against Pitts or not Pittsburgh against against Montreal. Um, again, I think it's I'm I'm gonna agree with the Penguins in four games. I could even see it be a three game sweep, like you said. So I'm all with you on that one. Um, the first game for that and the first game for a lot of these series, I'll just I'll make note if they don't start. But game one of that series is Saturday uh, at eight o'clock Eastern. All these times are Eastern for all you West Coasters out there. Uh, 8 o'clock Eastern on NBC, uh, the national NBC, not NBC Sports. Um, from there, we go to our next series, the number six-seeded Carolina Hurricanes taking on the number 11 New York Rangers. Um, another, I feel like this could go either way. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. 
Matt. Um, the funny thing is, though, is that the one the one team who voted against trying to play was the Carolina Hurricanes. And you know, want to know why I think they voted that way? Why is that? Because they lost the season series in a sweep the New York Rangers. The New York <laughs> Rangers beat the Carolina Hurricanes four times this season. And I think Carolina was like, well, that's not really fair for us to draw to us. Um, and it's weird because if you, if you look on paper, I kind of like the Hurricanes better than I do like the Rangers. But I'm also mm-hmm. biased because I have to hate the Rangers. Um, but I think, you know, teams add up pretty well. You know, I think Carolina's got, you know, people are writing Carolina off just because of how the regular season went with, between these two teams. Yeah. Um, but I think Carolina, what's, what's really going to hurt Carolina is if they don't get goaltending. If Peter Mrazek can't be the Peter Mrazek of last year, and if James Reimer is just okay and it is just James Reimer, you know, I'm worried. It's not going to add up to the level of Henrik Lundqvist or uh, Shesterkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, personally, right now, I have the Rangers winning this in five. I think it's going to be a wad down to the wire. Both teams are going to, you know, they're going to win two games in four. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I just like. You know, Carolina's top line is really good, but so is the Rangers' top line. Um, they match out even well on paper. You know, I like a lot of players on both teams, even though I'm supposed to hate the Rangers. I do think the <laughs> Rangers have some good players. Like, I mean, gives the Ben Jad and Artemi Panarin, who is a heart finalist this season. Um, you know, they really have do some good firepower. Adam Fox is a good up-and-coming defenseman for the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, they really even out well, and it's surprising that, that New York swept the Hurricanes this regular season. Um, so well, the one thing, so the one thing I'll say about that, and I'll let you finish before I start. But the one thing I will interrupt you with is that I don't know. Can you really go off of the regular season series at this point? See, people are, but I don't think you can. There's been yeah. so much time. Teams have had so much more time to repair and mentally get ready for this and mentally prepare. I mm-hmm. guess is the way easier way I could have said that there. Um, and, you know, I don't, you can, but you can't. You know, there's always going to be that little, you know, in the, in the Hurricanes' back of their minds, there's, there's going to be, oh, we were 0-4 against these, this team. Yeah. And the Rangers, vice versa, they're going to go, oh, we were 4-0 against these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Henrik Lundqvist is still, you know, he, even though he the king is on the decline, you know, you put him in a shot to win a cup, you know, I, I would pick him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, that's the only thing he's missing in his career. Um, just sucks he's a New York Ranger. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I am going with Rangers in five. You know, I just think, well, they do match up. It will be a fun. These will be fun hockey games. Though. I mean, every hockey game is fun to watch unless it's the New Jersey Devils and they're playing yeah. a stupid trap game. Um, I think this will be a fun series. There's a lot of spunk with both teams, but Rangers in five. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think, I th- again, I think this should go either way. I'm going to have to go with the Rangers, I think, in five, too. Um we saw what Carolina did at least last year in the postseason, where they are obviously the uh, the bunch of jerks that everyone knows and loves. They ousted the Capitals uh, in to go to the Eastern Conference Final and then got wiped by Boston. Um, but I mean, again, I, it's it's tough to. A lot of this is again we're going off of what we've seen from the po- the the regular season, but that was so long ago now. Where I think 
this series in particular, and there could be a couple other ones that we'll talk about, but a lot of it might come down to who has the who is less of a mental midget where it's like, yeah, there's so many factors mentally now going on with having no crowd um, playing and you're not playing in your usual arena, like stuff like that. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot more of a mental toll on these players as well as a physical toll, because we all know how physically hard it is to win the Stanley cup. Um, but I will agree with you. I think the Rangers are going to take this one. I just think, uh, with guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, the way they've played this already this regular season, and just having all this time to rest, I mean, I think the Rangers are are going to take this one. Um, from New York City to Long Island, we go to our next series: uh, the number seven New York Islanders versus the number ten Florida Panthers. Uh, personally, I'll start this off with saying this isn't really something that. I'm head over heels excited to watch. <laughs> you uh, took took the words right out of my mouth there, Matt. Yeah. Um, did we mention what time the Rangers-Hurricane season series starts? Oh, sorry. So that the first game for Rangers-Hurricanes is uh, noon Eastern time on NBC Sports Network. On Saturday. Yes, so. Saturday. Uh, and then the first game for Panthers-Islanders is actually after... Uh, the first game of Rangers Hurricanes, uh, Saturday, August first, uh, four o'clock Eastern on NBC Sports Network. So, so this this series, Matt, is one where I definitely agree with you on that. I'm not overly excited for this. Yeah, I I really hate the New York Islanders because on paper their team is ass and they should be ass. Literally, <laughs> the the only good player they have is Matt Barzell, and Islanders fans are so cocky and they like to think that Anders Lee and and Justin Bailey and and um, Nick Letty on their defense and Johnny Boychuk that they're all still good hockey players when they're not. Um, Simeon Varlamov, you know, it's is he good? Is he not good? Um, but there also is the struggle too. The Florida Panthers, you know, they're paying Sergey Bobrovsky ten million bucks. He's been garbage this season. <laughs> not worth the money at all. Um, you know, it's just. Well, I look at the two teams, Florida does have better skill. And in theory, they're better goaltending-wise. Um, but I think the Panthers' offense and even defense will help them win games. I mean, the, you've got Aaron Eckblad and you've got Keith Zonkadaddy Yandel there on the back end. Uh, Sonk. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I think Florida's going to win this in four games. Um, I think I think the Islanders get one in there somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think the Islanders are a good enough hockey team. Um, I don't think they have enough skill up front to match the Panthers. But that being said, while I am saying the Florida Panthers will win this game, the series in four games, if Sergey Bobrovsky can't stop a beach ball, they will lose this series. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to this tentatively having faith in ex-flyer goalie Bob that he can try and keep his legs together and that way he can stop the puck enough so that way the Panthers can outscore the Islanders. So, Panthers in four. Well said, well said. Uh, the Panthers got off to a rocky start earlier today, though. And they got curb stomped by the Lightning. They got uh, trounced, as they say, by the Lightning. 5 nothing. Uh, that'll be worth get games. eaten world, Matt. What? It's a yeet or get yeet in world. Very true. <laughs> Make a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I mean, again, I I probably would take the Panthers over the Islanders. Um, I honestly, like, again, I'm not like excited or all that interested in watching this series. <laughs> like, I'll probably put it on the background or watch highlights if anything exciting happens. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to be like. The Panthers and the Highlanders are on. I gotta get home. We're like it's the battle of no fans. Yeah, like I mean, it's just it's not. I don't know. But, I might increase my alcohol intake during these games. Yeah, um, but again, the first game for that series is uh, this coming Saturday, the first um, at four o'clock Eastern on NBC Sports Network. Uh, that brings us to our last qualifier series in the Eastern Conference. Uh, we have the number eight and hosting team. The Toronto Maple Leafs versus the how did they really get here? Number nine Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> but um the first game for this is actually Sunday, the second, uh, at eight o'clock Eastern on NBC Sports Network. And I'll preface this by saying I feel like the pressure is a lot more on Toronto than it is Columbus. Oh, the pressure's all on Toronto, Matt. Um if you look at the two teams on paper. The Toronto Maple Leafs should walk away with this series. No issues, no problems, three-game sweep. But it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And even <laughs> though on paper they are built like one of the best teams in the league, which they should be in theory, they just aren't because reasons. Uh, so, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to coaching. Um, yep. At the end of the day, if John Tortorella can outcoach Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leaf Stars don't show up, Columbus will win this series. But if things go the way they should go and Toronto does show up like they did last night against Montreal and they and they truly, their skill does outshine the Blue Jackets because if you look in every category of these two teams, Toronto is the better team. Their offense, superstar levels. Their defense, Way better than Columbus's, and even their goaltending. I'll take Freddie Anderson over Elvis Merzlikens or um, Jonas Corposalo any day of the week. Even Jack Campbell, I'll take over Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corposalo. Mm-hmm. Um, but is you know John Tortorella is that X factor? He is you know a coach who knows how to win. He's a Stanley Cup champion coach, and he's done things and. You know, his Blue Jackets last year shocked the hockey world and swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, granted, the Columbus team from last year did have Sergei Bobrovsky, did have Matt Duchesne, did have Artemi Panarin, mm-hmm. a little more weapons, Yeah, um, but they lack those this year. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the trend that Columbus was going in when the season shut down, if they played out the rest of this regular season, Columbus probably was going to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So... I think they have no business being here. I think they're a garbage team. I really do not think the Blue Jackets are good at all. Tell us how uh, you really feel. And just, it's, if they're from Ohio, who likes anything from Ohio? Let's be real here. Um, so, you know, we're, what's going to be interesting is seeing if the kids in Toronto will crumble under the pressure. Mm-hmm. They're paying John Tavares a buckload of money. They're paying Austin Matthews a bucket load of money. They're paying Mitch Marner a bucket load of money. Are you noticing a trend here? William Buckets Nylander. Load of, bucket loads of bucket money. Bucket loads. They have multiple Buckets bucket load. loads of money <laughs> on their team and on their on their on their payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can keep on listing names. You know, Morgan Riley, William Nylander, um, Freddie Anderson, Jake Muzzin. Like they just they have names. They have score power. If they don't win, 
I feel I feel really bad for those players because living in TO in the six, as Drake would say, um, they might as well just try and disappear, get go into witness protection. Because it will be awful. Yeah. Um, that being said, after my long rant here, I think Toronto wins in four. I think you know, I I, I want to say sweep, but the Leafs could do me dirty. And they could end up losing completely. But I'm going to go and say that the Leafs win this in four. Um, I could even I could see the Leafs even losing game one, mm-hmm. and then winning do a reverse sweep. But yeah, you know, I think it'll. Pro- I think if I have to go in depth there, I'm going to say both teams split the first two games, and then Toronto wins the back end too. So gotcha. Leafs in four. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably agree with that. Um, I think. I think with all that Columbus lost, I think the the X factor, the biggest X factor for them, like you said, is going to be John Tortorella. I mean, we've seen him coach, like I guess, I guess for lack of better terms, mediocre teams in playoffs. Obviously, and he's nominated for the Jack Adams again this year. Um, but I think he like the way he coaches and the way he puts like matchups out against the Maple Leafs is going to be the determining factor of whether or not Columbus can go anywhere. But again, like you said. We've seen the Maple Leafs be the Maple Leafs where they've crapped the bed in their own right, where they've, again, been pay, like paying their three guys millions of dollars and they can't even get past the first round because somehow they always run into the Bruins. But, <laughs> I mean, and we could even see that again if they make it past the qualifier and they get to the actual playoffs, they might just get right to the Bruins and then they'll be right back where they were the past, what, four years or so? Yeah. And they'll have their own problems again. But, um... And I mean, they like I watched a good chunk of the game last night with the Maple Leafs and the Canadians, and it was funny because Montreal was using Toronto's home locker room in Toronto's own arena. So, which was funny. So it's like, does that play into a little of the mental game where it's like, if you can't use your home locker room in your own arena, does that get you off your game a little bit? So we'll again, we'll see a lot of the maybe the mental factors come into play here, but. Uh, I'm with you again. I think this will be a four, a four, yeah, four game series. Um, with Toronto taking it in four, um, that rounds out our Columbus, not our Columbus, our Eastern Conference qualifier. Real, real quick though. Oh, I don't want to undersell Zach Werenski or Seth Jones on the on the blue line of the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, no, they're going to be a pivotal role. I'm, I add them in my X factors along with John Tortorella. Because if Lorenzi gotcha. can be essentially Columbus's version of Shane Goss's bear and Seth Jones can shut down Toronto's top guys, then they have a chance. Yeah. But I'm still sticking with my prediction. Gotcha. And um, before we move to the Western Conference, yes, we should probably take an ad break. I'm good with that. So with that, everyone stick around. Don't go anywhere. After a quick little ad from my lovely voice from our sponsor, Anchor, we'll be right back with our Western Conference um, play-in and previews. We are back here at 5-Minute Major Radio, and Matt, shall we now dive into the Western Conference playoff qualifying matchups? Let's do it. Uh, so the Western Conference, we have, again, playing out of Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, uh, which brings us to our first series, uh, the host team, Edmonton Oilers, number five seed versus the number 12 Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, we did see the Blackhawks in action, 
Actually, they're probably they're on now. I think they're playing. Um, they're playing the Blues right now. Yeah, or they were playing the Blues. Yep. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll figure out the scores after we talk about this when we go around the league. Um, but um, before we get started, um, the first game for this series is also Saturday the first uh, with a 3 p.m. Eastern start on the National NBC channel. Um, really, a lot of hmm, I mean. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, not much more to say about that for the Oilers. It's it's kind of like the new young NHL, like that's hot in in style right now, going up against the the guys who have been there and done that. Because mm-hmm. um, you've got Dreisaitl McDavid versus Taves and King. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, I like the Oilers better, but you can't count you can't you cannot count out the Hawks. Yeah. Especially if, you know, I give the edge in goaltending, I get to Chicago. I think Corey Crawford is still a better goalie than Miku Koskinen or Mike Smith. But if Corey Crawford is the Corey Crawford of maybe earlier this year in the past, it's going to be a problem. Because in the present day, you know, Miku Koskinen and Mike Smith are still better goalies than Corey Crawford. But Crawford's got that experience. You know, Miku Koskinen... All of his playoff experience comes from the KHL. Mike Smith, a couple years with the Phoenix Coyotes. Not a whole lot there. Um, but everything else-wise, you know, defense, I think, is a tie. I think both defensive cores are average at best. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan Keith's not the same Duncan Keith. Neither is Brent Seabrook. Um, Adam Boquist on the Hawks is a young, young and coming defenseman that they have there. Um, within the Oilers, you know, they've got Oscar Clefbaum. Um, Ethan Bear, I think he's a good, nice, upcoming defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, Darnell Nurse is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give a little bit of the odd there to the Oilers. You know, the whole X factor, just with the Chicago Blackhawks in general, is they've they've done it. They won three Stanley Cups, as Flyers yeah. fans know. They won three cups in six years. Like they know what to do to win in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just the problem is, is do they still have the skill with their age to be good enough to do it? But I think that you're finally getting Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the playoffs healthy. Mm-hmm. And if the Edmonton Oilers can do to the Chicago Blackhawks what they did to the Calgary Flames last night, Chicago is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to pick, though, Edmonton in five. I think this is not a series that's going to be easy by any means. I don't think any team's going to run away with it. Unless McDavid decides to go, I'm not losing, and I'm mm-hmm. going to single-handedly win every game in a row. Um, <laughs> I just think the teams do match up a little bit better there. Um, but, you know, I do give the edge on offense um, to Connor McDavid's Oilers. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's going to be a death. The Oilers have a lot of inexperience. They don't have a whole lot of that oomph on their roster. Yeah. And Chicago's got extra oomph. So, um, but I'm picking Oilers in five. Well said, well said. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with uh, pretty much everything. Uh, I think, like like you, I'm going to go Oilers in five. But again, like you said, you can't count the Blackhawks out. They have so much playoff experience, and they have obviously those three cups in six years. Um, just they're kind of the, the dynasty that won't go away, mm-hmm. where they're, they're always in the mix, kind of like the Bruins. They're always in the mix. They can always do some damage, whether they're doing well or not doing well throughout the regular season. They had their ups and downs. Obviously, they're 
I mean, obviously the players are getting older. Kane and Tay is getting older. The back end, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, I don't even think is with the team. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to – it'll be back and forth, I think. But I'm, I'm with you on the uh, the Oilers in five, I think, uh, for to move on to the playoffs, the actual playoffs. We've got mm-hmm. play-ins and playoffs. Um, and then um, our next series in the West, we have two – ferocious predators well one of them is the predators uh the nashville predators at number six versus the number 11 seed arizona coyotes uh the first game for that series is sunday the second uh at two o'clock eastern on usa network um i don't i don't know it could be a tough one here um but i'll give my quick prediction and let you take the reins dave but i'm gonna say predators in five yeah, I, I I can definitely see that. See, this is a series that's very interesting because if Pekka Rene is on, Pekka Rene is on. But mm-hmm. when he's off, he's really off, and he's not good. Mm. Um, and Rene tends to choke in the playoffs when it matters. Um, so I I am going to give the goaltending edge to the Arizona Coyotes because I like both the combination of Darcy Kempfer and Antti Ranta. Combined mm-hmm. as a tandem, I think they, the Arizona Coyotes are one of those teams that has two starting goalies. Yeah. And the past couple of seasons, they have been the best goalies in the league, statistically. Um, combined as in use in the tandem there. Um, Phoenix, Arizona, excuse me, just has something with, they're like the goalie whispering team. Somehow when they get when they get goalies who have lost their way, they come to Arizona and all of a sudden they find their magic juju again. Um, so I do give the Coyotes edge in goal. I overall, I like the defense better than Nashville Predators being led off by that stud Roman Yossi. Um, but Dante Fabros had a really good um, rookie year coming out of the NCAA um, for the Nashville Predators. And, you know, they Matthias Matthias Ekholm is a really good old, nice-fashioned, good old Swede defenseman. And, you know, offense, I'm also going to think of the Predators. I am going to say Predators in five. Um I think what's really going to give Arizona a chance to win this series is if Kemper and I mean I think Kemper's going to get the starting nod. Mm. If 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 they can win the the goalie matchup and Arizona, you know, has Taylor Hall show up and Clayton Keller show up um and they just Pecorino is letting in Swiss cheese. Phil that's Castle. what I think. And oh, you can't forget Phil the thrill. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's so it's gonna it's this is like one of the more tight matchups. Yeah, because the teams do match up. They're built very in similar styles. Also, too, you're wondering about the Arizona Coyotes. John Chaka just quit on the team mm. like this weekend, right before yeah. they're leaving to go to the bubble. So something's going on there. Um, and I think you know Nashville's kind of got this 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 swagger than like you know we were in the Cup final a couple years ago. The majority of the guys are still here. We need to do this. and We need to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, UC Soros is the heir apparent to Pecorine. I don't think he's there, however. So mm-hmm. for some reason, you know, if things do fall back on goaltending and Phoenix or Arizona, God, I keep on calling them Phoenix, but if Arizona has to fall back to Ranta, yeah. I still give them the edge in goaltending. Like if, if Nashville has to fall back on UC Soros, they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but my gut says that Nashville will win this in five. Yeah, I think again, like you said, this is this can kind of go either way, but um, I, it's so tough to tell at this point. Just with all, I mean, all these series, obviously we can make our predictions, but like 
everything is just so different now because like there's been guys that have been out for months at a time but now they're healthy again so like you can't again you can't you can take from the regular season but you also can't in some factors so obviously predictions are predictions we don't know if these are true we're just giving what we think is going to happen uh that being said we'll move on to our second to last series uh we have the number seven vancouver canucks versus the number 10 minnesota wild uh the first game for this series kicks off sunday night at 10 30 eastern on nbc sports um another series that i'm not overly excited about and particularly too interested in um I, if I had to pick, well, I guess I, I have to, obviously, since we're doing this, but I would probably say Vancouver in five. I think this is going to go five either way because I I don't really know much about either of these teams, and not seeing them play for four months doesn't help my case either, so I'm just going to go gut feeling and say Vancouver in five. I'm going Vancouver in four. I think the Minnesota Wild are one of the most boring teams in hockey. I think their roster's old and the roster's boring. Um, you know, Vancouver's got Elias Pettersson, Brock Besser, JT Miller's having a breakout year. Quinn Hughes has been fantastic for them. Um, and I look at their goaltending. I think Jacob Markstrom is a better goalie than Devin Dubnik right now. Um, I don't think Minnesota has enough to win. Um, Zach Prize, back nine. Eric Stahl, back nine. Uh, Ryan Suter, back nine. All, of all their careers. Even though they're still good players, mm-hmm. I don't think they have that extra, you know, oomph that takes them to win anymore. And I feel like they've been there and done that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a team that shouldn't really be in it. The Minnesota Wild, in my book, need to rebuild. They need to full up rebuild because they're not going to do anything and they're not going to win. But Billy Garen's a proud GM. He's not going to do that. But... I just think Ugh. this. I just think the skill of Vancouver, because of having Elias Pettersson, who's looking like to be a fantastic steal in that draft, when the Flyers pick Nolan Patrick. Mm-hmm. You combine that with Brock Besser and JT Miller, and um, I'm blanking on their young their young captain of Vancouver. Uh, Horvat. Bo Horvat. Thank you. Yeah, Bo Horvat. I just think if I look at the forwards, yeah, and the defense. I just think this Vancouver sure and away with this. I really think this will be Vancouver in four. Yeah. Um, the Wild, like I said, they're not a team that excites me. Like they did give a little spunk today in their game with the Avalanche. They go, yeah. well, maybe they could, but I'm like you know what? Not when going up against Vancouver. El- Elias Pettersson's got one of those. He's got that that factor where he goes, okay, I'm taking over the game now and I'm going to win. Mm. And I think they'll do that. Gotcha. Yeah, I think. I, I don't like you said the wild have been a team that have just kind of been there for the past almost a decade now where like I mean we used to see obviously like in the central division with like it was them against the Blackhawks or the Blues where those were like the big like rivalries or like the playoff series but like like I mean they like you said they're kind of like the they're like the white bread of the NHL right now where they're just kind of like yeah they're just bland yeah like and they haven't really done, I mean, obviously with Bill Guerin coming on as the GM, like, hopefully, I mean, I don't, like, it doesn't really make any difference to me if they get better or not, unless they beat the Flyers, but, like, yeah, I don't, but I think, yeah, I'm, I think Vancouver's got this one, uh, not in the bag, they've just got it, hopefully, um, which brings us to our last series in the West and the last of our qualifying series, we have 
the Saddle Dome versus the Speed of Sound in the number eight Calgary Flames against the number nine Winnipeg Jets. Uh, this series kicking off Saturday night at 10.30 on NBC Sports Network. Um, this could be a good one. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I want to give the edge to the Flames on this. I feel like briefly I'll go... Uh, the Flames had it rough last year in the playoffs. They got swept by Colorado in the first round, I think, right? Uh, or was that two years ago? No, I believe that was last year. Yeah, and they were the number one seed in the West. So yeah. that was a big upset, and I'm sure they're looking for looking for some redemption, obviously. And then um, based off what we saw last night with them against uh, the, the Oilers, I mean, they've got some tenacity, obviously. My boy Zach Ronaldo in the mix. Um, <laughs> but I don't know the flames. I mean, and I was just talking about this with my other two couple friends earlier today too, where like with like as good as Goudreau has been, he's almost taken a gossip bear like turn the past couple seasons where he hasn't really done much. Like mm -hmm. we've seen like shimmers of what he should and can be, but he hasn't really impressed me personally. I think he hasn't really impressed a lot of people with how he's played lately. And um, I didn't really see much of him last night either when I watched a chunk of the Edmonton-Calgary game. So I think, I mean, if he can get going, obviously. I mean, the Flames also have, like, Mac Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Sean Monaghan, um, Cam Talbot between the pipes, right? Yeah. No, uh, Big Say Dave. Oh, yeah, Dave Riddick, sorry. Um, but I mean the, the flame, I think that's going to, I feel like the flames have a little bit of an edge on the matchup, but again, jumping to the jets quick, uh, again, another struggling superstar, Patrick line, um, he kind of was falling off the edge a little bit. They lost Dustin Bufflin because Bufflin doesn't even want to play hockey anymore pretty much. Um, but I, I'm going to give the edge to this, uh, to the flames. I'm probably going to go flames and five. I think this is going to go to five too. I'm going to take the Jets in five. Well, well um, podcast is over. Just kidding. <laughs> while, while I do think Mon uh, Montreal, Jesus, Calgary has um, the edge offensively and defensively, it's going to come down to goaltending. And while I do love Big St. Dave and those brand new um, LaFree pads that he's wearing, I think they are fantastic style points. But style points don't win you games, unfortunately. I would know mm. that beer league. Um, Connor Hellebuck has been arguably the best goalie this year in the entire NHL. There, he is the reason why the Winnipeg Jets are where they are. Um, and I, if if I had to pick between Big Save Dave and Connor Hellebuck, I'm taking Connor Hellebuck every time. I think he really is going to shut the door down, and the games will be there. These are going to be tight, defensive, chippy games. Like this is a good Canadian matchup. The teams did, of course. This is a rematch of the Heritage Classic from this year. So mm -hmm. The teams do have some history. Um, I just think, you know, while I do think Calgary has a little bit better um, defense, their offense is pretty evenly match up, and then goaltending, I think, is the ultimate factor that's going to put them over the edge. And that's why I'm saying the Jets in five. If Connor, you know, if Big Save Dave and Cam Talbot can't compete to Connor Hellbuck's level, there's there's no chance for the Flames. <laughs> uh, with that, Dave, that rounds out our uh, our what's it called? Some blank in here qualifiers. There we go. Um, so obviously those series are going to start uh, those series and the round robin series, which we'll touch on more 
once we have actual playoff matchups instead of play-in matchups. But everything, it's all systems go starting Saturday where we'll have the round-robin games going on. We'll have the best-of-five qualifier series going on. So, I mean, from Saturday until, I believe, the next, so the first 10 days of the qualifier, there's at least five or six games every day. And it's going to be like March Madness, but hockey, and it's also going to be July. So, or it's going to be August. So, I mean, it's going to be, again, like I said, it's going to be all systems go. Um, While those teams are beginning their quest to play for the Stanley Cup, we have a team that just got their name, and which takes us to our Around the League segment here, segue. Um, Are they going to release it? They did release it. And we have, we haven't, but the team has, NHL Seattle has released the Kraken, which is now the official name of the newest expansion franchise, the 32nd franchise in NHL history, uh, not history, uh, just in, in the NHL. Uh, they unveiled their name on Thursday, last Thursday, the 23rd. Um, in an announcement that I'm sure everyone as a hockey fan was watching. I watched it. It was pretty cool. Um, but we got a new hockey team. We got the Seattle Kraken. Um, uh, they, I'm, I'm pumped about it. I thought they, I was hoping they were going to go with either that or the Sockeyes. Um, I would have been fine with either one. I would have been fine with anything at this point, just because they've waited so long to name the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think they knocked it out of the park. Great the, logo. The sweaters, fantastic. Great jerseys. Um, I'm sure they're going to have an awesome game presentation, just about with all the stuff that can go on in arenas now. Um, but yeah, the Seattle Kraken are here, and they're ready to get cracking. So. And they've already got some spunk on social media, which is nice to see. Some of these, they've got a good intern working their social media profile. Although, mm-hmm. although they did. Um, take the sign of the billboard that the Flyers bought for Gritty saying for the playoffs and they took their own play on it. Yeah. And they kind of resent it out. And the Flyers and tweeted with, you know, um what 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 would they say? I I want to put I want to pull up the exact saying because I I responded to it and I had to get a quick little two seconds of Twitter fame from it. So <laughs> humble brag, not a big deal. Um so while you're looking that up, uh, I'll give a couple fun facts about the Kraken. Um, they are Seattle's first professional hockey team since 1917 when Seattle's original professional hockey team, the Seattle Metropolitans, won the Stanley Cup that year, the first American team to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, the team is set to play at Climate Pledge Arena starting in the 2021-2022 season. Uh, again, it's the NHL's 32nd franchise and the first expansion team since the Vegas Golden Knights joined back in 2017. And also, fun fact, it is one of four teams in, I think, yeah, in the NHL that don't end with the letter S. Mm, it's a fun fact to know. So they, and they also join an exclusive club of teams in all of sports with names that don't end in an S. So, fun fact about that. Um, you can go online and look it up. You can see their jerseys, their logo. It's Great logo, again, like I said, cool jerseys, um, and they'll have their expansion draft after next season. 
Yeah. Yes. 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 So after, after next year, whenever we that got a long, we got a long way to go yes. before we even read into who's going where and all that kind of stuff. But the one rule that I did read about that I think is interesting is that they can't choose anyone from the Golden Knights. So, which I think is a little horseshit. Yeah. Um, but the Kraken are ready to get Kraken. Um, and you can you can actually buy merchandise. I bought a puck the first day just so I can have like a souvenir. So. Mm. But um, the Kraken have been released, and they'll be ready to roll in the coming months. So, uh, Dave, back to your billboard. Yes, yeah, so yesterday the Flyers tweeted, and Gritty tweeted out a picture of the billboard they bought in Toronto, where it says, every shot you take, every save you make, I'll be watching you. And it's Gritty kind of busting through, you know. So Seattle decides to think they're cute and clever, and re- they Photoshop over the billboard with their logo. They say, every shot you take, every save you make, we'll be watching you. So then the Flyers didn't see this and clap back with, imitation is the sincerest, sincerest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. So I see this tweet and I go, well, I'm a fan of The Office. I need to clap back in the most proper way here. So I've replied to them with, back then with, identity theft is not a joke, Seattle. <laughs> and it's it blew up a little bit on Twitter today. There so. you go. So it's uh, it felt good. Um, a little disappointed. Seattle or the Flyers or Gritty did not come in to chime back in with me. No, no defense from my boy Gritty. Yeah. And the, and the team a little disappointing, but he's busy the, doing his training camp. Like I think the fans on, the on Twitter spoke for themselves with their reaction <laughs> and their likes. So there you go. But Seattle, I'm watching you already. You think you're clever, but but you're not. Well, I guess you could really say that they're ready to make a splash. Ah, uh, but I, I see. I love that they're using like the let's get cracking all that kind of stuff. I love it. Cracking um, rum is the official rum of the Seattle Kraken. I no, saw that. No that's, free, no free that's ads. Very ideal. Yeah, no free I ads. I do love cracking rum though. Generic it's fantastic. Rum. <laughs> um, from rum to the scoreboard, um, a bit of a stretch there, but uh, to, <laughs> to end things tonight, we'll go around the league on some scores that we have from last night and. Um, right now, and then we'll go over the games quick tomorrow. Um, again, like we talked about on end earlier, we had the Flyers play the Penguins yesterday. The Flyers won in overtime, 3-2. to two. Uh, Following that game, we had the Maple Leafs versus the Canadians. Uh, Toronto doubled up Montreal, winning 4-2. to two. Uh, Rounding out last night's action, we had the Oilers versus the Flames. Uh, the Flames were doused 4-1 to one by the Oilers. Um... Moving on to today, where we have action right now. We have two games going on with two more set to happen. Actually, one more, sorry. Um, But from earlier today, we had the Tampa Bay Lightning basically kill the Panthers 5-0, like we said. Uh, We had the Colorado Avalanche beat the Minnesota Wild 3-2. Then we had the Washington Capitals edge the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2 as well. Uh, Right now, we have the... Rangers and the Islanders score list, score list, score list going into the second period. Uh, and then we have the Blackhawks up 4 nothing on the Blues with just about five minutes left in the third period. That game's pretty much over. And then uh, to end tonight's action, we have the Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets. Um, whew. And then... We have three games tomorrow to end the exhibition play with the Dallas Stars taking on the Nashville Predators at 4 o'clock. 
Winter Classic uh, rematch game, right there. True. That game can be seen on NHL Network or either of the local. I don't know who lives in Dallas or Tennessee, but if you live either of those places, you can watch it on your local. I think they're affiliate. both the Fox Sports channels. Yeah. Um, after that, we have the Bruins versus the Blue Jackets at 7 o'clock. And then to round out the exhibition play for good until we get to the real thing on Saturday, we have the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Arizona Coyotes at 10 o'clock tomorrow night. And then there will be one day off on Friday before we get to the dance before the dance when we have our first five games of the Stanley Cup qualifier round. So And the round robin. And the round robin. But that being said, we have hockey back. We've watched hockey. We will be watching hockey. Uh, I believe our podcast will be back to once a week now. Yes, that, that is correct. So um, all i got to say is, I mean, just get your popcorn, get your responsibly purchase alcohol and drink it responsibly as well um make sure you got a comfy seat make sure you got your sound on um i'm lucky enough to have one of the budweiser goal lights no free ads but i have to get new batteries for that so the goal light can go off when the flyers score (laughs) (laughs) but there's going to be no shortage of hockey in the coming days and i'm excited dave i'm sure you're excited everyone's excited hockey's back we get to talk about actual games again and i'll hand the mic to you to finish things off yeah, no, just, Matt, you covered it really well. and yeah, I can't really add much to it, Just, but, yeah, just hockey's back. Everyone buckle up, get ready. Um, you know, Matt and I were texting about this a couple weeks ago, but this just feels like the year that something special could be happened. Special could be, special could be happened. Jesus, words are hard. Um, it, it just feels like the year that something special could happen with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, it's kind of got that, or uh, like where, of where you want to remain, our good old saying of being cautiously optimistic. Hmm. But just there's so much around this team, you know, with Claude Drew being away from his son's first birthday, Sean Gauthier just becoming a father and going and going to have to leave to go and play for the Stanley Cup, Oscar Lindblom coming back. Just there's just so much energy that you think has to work out in a good way for the Philadelphia Flyers. So mm-hmm. with that, everyone, be cautiously optimistic, or don't be. Go all in. I'm about, I'm about to you know, just dive all in. You know, That's just how I do. i got to be me, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I am ready. I'm sure everyone is ready. And like Matt said, we are back to one week. So if you get tired of our voices, too bad. You know, you know, everyone's got to deal with it. Um, we are ready to watch and analyze some hockey here and, it's nice to actually have stuff like Matt and I were talking this before we recorded where we can actually go and react to things that are happening in the now mm-hmm. or we're not trying to drag the bottom of the barrel for things to talk about anymore. Cause now we've got live sports happening all the mm-hmm. time. So everyone buckle up, enjoy your, str- your drinks responsibly or irresponsibly. If you're staying at home and you want to party as as harder, go ahead. Precisely. We are not condone drunk and driving on this podcast, but. As long as you're having a good time and you're staying safe, that's all that matters. COVID is still real. Everyone should keep that in mind, too. Don't go packing the bars to watch hockey. Keep a small group of friends. Maybe get out of an apartment or something as long as everyone's feeling fine. You know, stay safe, stay healthy. But everyone have a good time. We will be back next week with another episode and much to react. Of course, there will be a plethora of hockey games to analyze. Of course, the Flyers will have played. 
I believe, two games. Mm, I yeah. believe they play Saturday Sorry. and Tuesday. Sunday, Sunday and Tuesday. Sunday and yeah. Tuesday. So we'll have two games to talk about on Wednesday for you. So everyone buckle up, be ready. Hopefully we're talking about two Flyers wins in the round robin, but who knows? You never know. Um, with that, Matt, I don't think I've, I don't, I don't have anything else to add tonight. I think I've pretty much spoken all I could spoke. We're good to go, man. We just got hockey to watch now. Precisely. It's, it's what I'm doing as soon as I'm done editing the podcast. Watching <laughs> hockey, so. But with that, we'll be back next week, everyone. Thank you for your continued support during the pandemic. Um, it was just to have some fan interaction on the social medias during this whole time off. It really kind of helped us keep on going there. We will see you all next week. And everyone stay safe, stay healthy, and let's go Flyers. <laughs>